0: Welcome to the Tearing It Up podcast. I'm your host, Taryn. We'll be tearing it up, tearing it down, and tearing it apart, dissecting all things related to those who deviate from the standard. From leaders of their industry to leaders of mediocrity, and maybe a gear review or two thrown in. We shoot the shit and let the conversations flow, so if that's not your style, this may not be for you. Otherwise, listen in. Hope to light a fire in you somehow. All right. So we are super excited to be back with another guest, um, our second kind of interview style guest, our fourth guest overall. Um, yeah. And I think we had a great interview last week with Sheree from Sheree Sh- Ayurveda. And so we're super excited to have Tammy Joe this week from The Outspring. And we will have her introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her her business and um, talk about yeah just what what she's doing and how we're gonna follow along with her story through it all. So Tammy, hello, so lovely to have you.
1: Thank you, thank you. Yes, I am Tammy Jo Benson. And I launched the Outspring this year um, on my 46th birthday. Super excited to do that. Um, And the Outspring is a discovery platform of outdoor brands made for and by women. And what does that mean? That means right now online, you can uh, come to our directory and search products, services, experiences that help you get outside. And they're particularly women forward solutions um, that uh, really make it easier, more fun, more comfortable to get outside.
2: You mean things
1: made for people with ass and titties? (laughs) 100%. That have to actually pee while you're outside. What a concept. You know, need
2: pockets (laughs) to put things in. (laughs) Yeah, what a concept. Big enough for the things that you need. Mm -hmm. Actually working. (laughs) Yeah. And
0: amazing. this is, it is amazing. And so I stumbled upon Tammy, gosh, a, just over social media, I think, oh, through Basecamp, through Basecamp. Um, this uh, Facebook group that I've been on, um a, a outdoor industry, like kind of job group in Facebook. And she had posted about looking for some help for a, a rally she was doing for some social media content. And that, and Mentioned the outspring in it, and so I started investigating. Like, what what is this? And I saw her page, and just uh, the women empowerment of it, it. That's kind of a word I don't really like to to use. Empowerment per se, but I feel like well, it's the best to kind of describe what I mean. um and I just thought it was so cool to have that place to bring everything together, the products, the services. And it's just been something that I have been really passionate about for the last, like, well, 10 years, basically. The first women's group I got involved in was when I had first moved to Tahoe. Um, and yeah, Amber and I in general are just all all about the the power of the pussy. So, <laughs> there you, go.
1: And, uh, you know, I I appreciate the uh being disinclined towards using empowerment Mm -hmm. because it assumes power is being given rather than power Mm -hmm. is already, uh, in possession. And so Mm -hmm. I, I don't use that word also, uh, in a lot of my language. Uh, and I do tend to use words like celebration and amplification and really looking at saying, Hey, we are doing this. This work is happening. Let's be in it. Let's share it. Let's see it. Um, Mm -hmm. So that I a hundred percent hear you on that.
0: I love that. I love um, the amplification. I love that. Like I want to adopt that word rather than like the empowerment. Um, My boss even throws it around at work just for anybody in general. And I just, it just started to become so cheesy. Like I want to empower you to make the choice. It's like, oh, I, I feel that I have the power to make the choice, but I just don't know like, you know, what choice that is going to be right now or something like that and when we we had a phone call a few weeks ago and there was another word that you came up with that you were trying to adopt or take over um oh you know, so my uh my container is like being delivered down the hill right now so the dogs are going to start barking but on that note tammy if you would like to talk a little bit about um the rebel rally and like what that was and how that led you to launching the offspring or the yes. outspring. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay.
1: That's okay. Yeah. Um, so June of 2021, I guess, um, I was in a coaching program and they really just offered thinking about how, what you want to be in the future, what future looks like for you. And I recalled having seen the rebel rally in 2016, when it first launched and when it came across my Instagram feed, I kind of, got. Just hooked. I wanted to do that. I want that, is how I felt when I saw it. And then I did some research and found that it was pretty significantly uh, expensive. So it was about $12,000 just for the entry. And then you had to provide your own vehicle. So kind of immediately I was like, oh, that's not happening. Right. Yeah. Just got to that place of (laughs) like, nope, I have four kids. We're running life. This isn't happening but it still had its, it still had its hooks in me. And when I came back to that moment in that coaching program, I was, I, it resurfaced and I said, I'm doing this. So I made that decision then. And in the fall, I was first in line at registration and uh, put a target for October of 2022 to compete in the rally. So what is this thing? It um, The Rebel Rally is an all-women's off-road navigation rally for 1,600 miles through the desert of California and Nevada using only map and compass, no GPS. So we don't have, uh, I see your face, Amber. So yeah. we don't have um, any phones. We're completely offline. And it's really you, your teammate, your vehicle, and your wits navigating through Wild spaces and um, finding checkpoints. So you're Ooh, giving- fun! Yes, fun <laughs> and
2: challenging.
1: Yes, yeah. And, uh, so I did not know how to off road when I signed up to to do this, and um, I also needed to find a teammate. I convinced my sister to be my teammate. She's uh, seventeen months older than I am, and Ooh, she has an been. Eight. Yeah, a total supporter um, of, throughout my life. So it was just beautiful that she was able to carve out the space to join me. And oh, we we were team 136, team plotting and scheming, because that is typically <laughs> how we engage in the world. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so we kind of just jumped into training. And uh, when we arrived at our first training in Glamis Sand Dunes, which is one of the biggest dunes complex in the U.S., Uh, we did not know how to put our vehicle into four-wheel drive. (laughs) We arrived, got a little stuck in the sand, and pulled out the manual to figure out how
2: to uh, get into four-wheel drive. That's amazing. Off to a great start. (laughs) Yes. It could only go up from there. 100%. Yeah.
0: 100% um so that's just amazing to me that it's all navigation with like map and compass and whatnot because today on my little cross-country ski adventure that is just right out um just right by my house I mean I walk these trails all summer and whatnot and I'm I'm going along and I was okay I don't want to go too far up I'm going to start to get into the neighbor's neighbor's property I'm going to start cutting over I did check my map just to see like make sure I was like Okay, I got to go due east, like right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going, going straight across, then all of a sudden I come, finally come back to the road, and I see this house, and I'm like, oh no, like I'm in like so-and-so's yard, and then I see this tree, I'm like, well that's interesting, that tree looks exactly like the tree at the bottom of the road, how can there be two of them, I'm like, oh my god, I'm back here, like, what the heck, I thought I was like a thousand feet higher than I was, like, I was like, wow, I have really got to start, uh, paying attention to, to direction and, and those kinds of things. Cause my directional skills are so poor and it just really impresses me when people can yeah. use those tools that are not just like the blue dot on their phone. And like, that's how you have to navigate for 1600 miles. Like
2: yes. was,
0: had you ever done any kind of navigating like that before or like a long hikes or paddling trips or anything like that, where you relied on, on navigation skills?
1: Not really. Uh, So to, to your point around this idea of spatial orientation and really understanding where you are in the context or, or um, yeah, the context of, of your surroundings, uh, I've I've used maps and but they always were paired with some sort of GPS device to validate or just confirm yes you are where you think you are and to help me see the path to to continue on right so so similarly and and what's fascinating about those tools is they do kind of take that decision making and that whole cognitive process of orienting yourself into space out of the out of the navigation experience right out of the movement or adventure experience um so the practice or the training for the rebel was for me personally uh so i acted as navigator right so the team has a driver and a navigator some teams will switch back and forth my sister was very clear that she was driver and i was navigator (laughs)
2: So, so I have a question. What was your vessel? What was your vehicle?
1: Oh, the vehicle. Yes. Um, we got a 2004 Nissan Xterra.
2: Yeah, baby. Yes.
1: Yes. So it kind <laughs> of already had a few things are outfitted on it already. Again, I didn't know anything. So I, I wanted to get a vehicle that was capable out the gate rather than yeah. trying to outfit one or, um, modify one in preparation. Cause amount of learning that has to happen across just the the rebel aspect is significant and so to add the the off-roading understanding is is exponentially more difficult yeah Um, i hear you yeah we are our exterra is named rio because
2: she dances on the sand (laughs) i love it i am just loving every moment of this story
0: yeah so did you have to were there like modifications that you had to to make? Like did, did your vehicle have to have certain things to be able to enter the rally or could it be like whatever you wanted?
1: That's a good question. So the rally has two classifications. First is the all wheel drive. So your Subarus, things like that, your um, Kias that have uh, all wheel drive capability and then your four by fours that have a transfer case. So those are the essential requirements. Um, They do have a bone stock um, award that if you have no additional modifications to your vehicle, then you get get an extra award. Uh, Ours came with some modifications. So some shocks and uh, some plates underneath, whatever those are called. Um, So we had a modified vehicle. Now it needed fixes, uh, but it did not need modifications. Unless you say would unless you would call a modification um like vehicle wraps or um yeah patches or anything like that. We did we did lots of fun things like that to to modify our our visuals.
2: Yeah. Did the Xterra have the transfer case? Yes. Yes and did. that's what what you guys needed to figure out how to get the guy going. Get yeah. her going, Rio.
0: Yes, yes. I love that name so much. So where does, uh, I mean, where does Rio sit today? Is she ready? Like, is she planning another rally? I mean, we'll, we'll definitely get into more details, but maybe maybe we'll save that one for later.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's save it for later, but she's in my driveway and she still has all the stickers and decals.
0: Uh. (laughs) So 1600. Now was this rally? I'm sorry if you did mention this, like Was it a race or was it like, maybe for you guys, it was just for fun, but was the idea of like, yeah, there's going to be like, was it competitive?
1: It is definitely competitive and it is definitely not a race. So that's a very clear distinction from nearly every other rally that's out there. Uh, This is a competition for points and not for speed. What that means is each of the checkpoints that are out there that you um, can navigate to accurately, you get a, a a point or a set of points for those checkpoints, and your cumulative scores over the seven uh, scored days are what um, sets your rankings. So we were we were in it to win it. What win it means right is different for each team. <laughs>
2: Absolutely, yes, that <laughs> that is yeah. a great. Win. yeah
0: yeah. You're winning. It. it could be like. Completing it or some person's winning it could be getting started.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, there. W- what's fascinating about how the rebel team has built this competition is that it is challenging no matter who you are. And so it is a yeah. it is a competition with the course more than it is a competition with your fellow um, competitors. Right. It is it is incredibly difficult and it is very much your team working against the challenges that you're up against.
0: And so you said 1600 miles, and then you just mentioned something like seven days. So did you have, was there that seven days set to complete it? And if, you know, at that end of the seven days, wherever you were, like you just like, that was, that was it. That was a wrap
1: it's a good question. The format, um, we have a couple days on either end for kind of getting oriented uh, at the beginning, making sure our vehicles are all set to go. Uh, at, at the end, they have a celebration, which is nice. Um, the They also do a practice day, essentially, where they They call it rally school where they send you out and you do what a full day of scored competition would be like so that you get a sense, can we do this thing or or do we need to call it or or what uh, do you need some more help to kind of get yourself through the day? That practice day is super, was super helpful as a rookie because you don't have the pressure of scoring, but you do have a full end to end day to understand how to play the game. Um, then it's seven days of scored competition. Each day, you're starting at a base camp. You go out and find your checkpoints, and then you return to base camp in the evening. Each team will be there on their own to figure out how many checkpoints they try to achieve, what the path is, um, the timing for all of that. That's up to the teams to strategize. But Return to base camp in the evening um, is 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 critical. There's kind of a time window for returning um, into the in the evening, uh, so you get a little bit of a reset between each of those stages. Um, I can't. Uh, there is one night where where we do self camp. We we do kind of head out and then camp in a separate location and then return together. Um, But yeah, it's it is a lot, and in addition, the entire game is in kilometers, so uh, you're
0: also converting to kilometers during that. Oh, poor (laughs) Americans! Yeah, no kidding. I am I'm so Um, awful. I spent three months in Nicaragua years back, and so I felt like I was starting to get a, a hang of it for a minute of converting, and that whole time I'm just like, man. It would just be so much easier like why do we have to be the only ones to use these metric systems and weights that like just no one else uses it's so silly to me like come on even just celsius like let's get let's go right
2: and
1: and kind of back to that back to your this idea of spatial awareness um miles feet are, are odd segments right? And they're also kind of um, difficult to visualize in some ways. So one of the key skills is to be able to visualize how far a kilometer is and to break that down into meters so that you can traverse to the correct location. And so, um, yeah, kilometers is much easier than feet and miles.
2: So are you familiar with desert terrain? I was not
1: familiar with desert terrain,
2: especially not
1: sand dunes, which are a a whole other
2: um, uh, tactical experience. Yeah, because I was thinking of like trying to judge uh, a, a mile in front of me or a quarter half mile in front of me. And just thinking of that in the desert, my mind broke a little. (laughs)
0: yeah totally like a nautical mile even or something like you're on the water and and, or even anywhere where you're just the horizon is the only thing you see on a long like through hike on these trails like pacific crest trail it's like how yeah how on earth do you start to judge like you know that's thousands of miles away but how do you look to just one mile or one kilometer ahead or whatnot um or even the star
2: oh sorry about that That's
1: okay. The horizon is an interesting aspect and it's, um, it can, obviously water is a little different, but, uh, the horizon when you're hiking or, or off-roading is actually a useful tool because even though you can't, your map may or may not have that horizon line or that, that feature, uh, indicated on it, it is helpful in orienting yourself to a direction so one of the one of the interesting skills to have as a team is to be able to communicate with each other what is on the horizon and what you are orienting towards so imagine sitting there just describing what that hill looks like okay there's a bump there's a slide and then this jaggy point you know and you've got to like make sure that you understand each other because the navigator is determining where you go but the driver has to get there so they have to visualize it they have to be able to um land it uh so that they can they can take the vehicle
0: there what a trip that is amazing i mean all of it is just amazing the the fact that you guys started as complete rookies it's kind of been a theme for us really in the last year or so of (laughs) being a like adult starting something <laughs> new especially Amber and I had played sports and snowboarded since we were teenagers um and I mean cross-country skiing is like new to me Snowmobiling's new to me they don't feel like complete new because I've, I've like been in the snow but it's still different and new and this whole idea of being like full-on adult uh mom just anything and then picking something up seemingly out of the blue uh, and deciding like I'm gonna do this and especially something that's as immersive as the rebel rally like you're not just like hey I'm gonna go you know do this for a day and kind of do it here and there when I want for fun like you're fully committed to like being out there and and just having to to figure it out Um, but are you are you hooked on on it now like on the experience and the the rallying kind of thing like would you be like yeah I'm gonna go to the sand dunes for a weekend and and rip it up
1: it's it's a good question and I I have to be honest that I would ask myself wait why uh, you know just this kind of what did I do right what how why did I sign up for this again I could have just gone and taken a class for a weekend and probably felt you know uh, oh this is a thing I'm interested in I didn't even know if I would like it right, right? yeah I no idea yeah. if I liked yeah. off-roading at all um which isn't typically an experience I would go after motorized sports is not is not in my wheelhouse right so um it is interesting though talking about taking on something new and so there's so many strategies to approach that and i i I personally love learning new things i get excited by that and i love dipping into other ways of being i i grew up in um i grew up in a high demand religion that really just encouraged me towards motherhood as as my sole place to experience this go around on the planet and um so some of this has been uh a a, um a journey into learning a new way and and that there are so many ways to be in the world and this is one of them right and so your question around am I hooked am I going to do this thing all the time I don't really know likely I'm just going to keep trying all the things you know, and use some of this in this experience to to ins- inspire me to do other, other things, um, but then add to my tool belt of skills. Um, so being willing to so again, one of the strategies, right, is being willing to understand that you're gonna make mistakes. It's not gonna be perfect that first time around, and that's part of the beauty of it is that you're yeah. out there yeah. doing this wild and dynamic thing that nobody really knows how to do there's very few rebels on the planet that have done this thing right so it's not like there's a huge pool of comparison um that it it really is just you taking on this thing that is tremendous and how is that for you and what does that mean for you and your teammate Um, yeah so it is it is a lot so um to really directly answer your question, I am not currently signed up for the rebel. Uh, <laughs> I would love to have some sponsors for the rebel. Oh yes, like, like I said, yeah. a financial commitment. Yeah, yeah, um, huge.
0: Well, that's a. Uh, I mean, that's great. We we ourselves are looking for sponsors. So anybody who wants to sponsor anything about this podcast, you know, hey. let us all know. Let <laughs> yes. us know. We're open. <laughs> We are open to it. Um, you mentioned, you know, uh, that just about your teammate and learning and everything too. So how, how did your sister feel like, was this all brand new for her as well? Or did she she didn't have any like off-roading experience either or anything? It was brand new for both of you. Yes. Brand new for both of us. Um, That's amazing to experience together. Yeah. 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 And, and,
1: you know, we're, we're, close like I said we're 17 months apart and she and I have uh even in our adult life been quite close she was the doula she became a doula for my four while I, I had four children so she became wow. a doula for that right so How this beautiful is a, yes this is a person who um is just so generous um and she was just willing, right? She's, she's not typically a camper, um, would not identify as an outdoorsy person. However, she loves adventure and she's a, she is a yes to adventure. So she was fa- like just so fabulous in terms of supporting the process. She uh, was the director of Vibe. So what that meant is um, she would make sure we had snacks, she would make sure there was music <laughs> for our start, for our finish. Every time we Hype rolled girl. up. To, yes, every time yeah. we rolled up to the fuel line, she had the music going and we were just connecting <laughs> with folks there. And that speaks to one of the strategies on the rebel as well, that it is, it's exhausting, right? You're out there for 10 to 12 hours yeah. in a day. It's a lot. You're camping. The elements are very present. It's, it's might be really cold. It might be really hot. Um, so having somebody hold that space to keep that, the, the uh, forward thinking, to keep the optimism and also like, Hey, now's a break time. Now's where we can just kind of settle in for a second and take a breath. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Emily Miller uses a, an approach, which I really appreciate, called CAR, C-A-R, stands for Comfort, Accuracy, Relaxed. And it's this assessment Ooh. that you do as you're coming up on challenges. Are you comfortable? Are you accurate? Where Are you headed where you think you're going, right? And are you relaxed? Because all of those elements will change your decision-making, your line choice, how you actually move the vehicle, so it's a really great framework to think about uh, choosing how to be in challenging moments.
0: That's awesome. I, I, love, that. L- I love that so much, for sure. Uh, I want to, I wrote that all down, car. Uh- <laughs> 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 um, so did... That brings me to actually like your day to day was every day like very different or were they pretty much like the same out there obviously there would be different challenges that came up but can you like walk us through a little bit of how the how the day from like sun up to sundown went on the rally. (laughs)
1: Uh, I appreciate the sun up to sundown because we were up before the sun was up (laughs) and we were down before the sun was down often
0: because we were too tired. (laughs) I figured it would be something like that. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So, um, Emily Miller rings a cowbell gingerly at 5am for everyone to wake up and make their way to the, to the, um, shared tent, uh, each day, so you get your maps uh, prior to the rally starting, we had about 15 different maps that would be over the course of the whole week. Um, but each day you would get your checkpoints. So that, that framed the strategies and the plans for the day. Um, so typically the driver, will handle breaking down camp resetting the vehicle getting all of that stuff figured out and the navigator will head in and uh, find a table set out maps and get to plotting the real the actual plotting of getting out the the rulers and the pencils and finding a really tiny dot somewhere on a map wow Um, so that's usually an hour or two uh, with breakfast they, they have a Michelin star chef making meals so you have got your breakfast and your dinners like uh, handled which is really great
0: sounds <laughs> worth it right there yes yes <laughs> yeah I know I was like
2: sign, I don't have sign me up
0: <laughs> oh you broke up a bit Amber
2: oh I said sign me up oh gotcha okay <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yes Yes,
1: so it it actually is really great to be fueled properly because if you also had to take on feeding yourself, you'd probably it, it'd be easy to um, let that slide a little bit. So being fueled properly for this adventure is pretty critical. And um, so yeah, you'll have some breakfast, you'll be plotting. Um, each team has a different start time. you're you're staggered by two to three minutes each. You, First team let, gets out the gate at seven. Usually the last team gets out around 8, 8:30. And uh, then you just figure out what you're going to do for the day, your route, how it's going to be organized. You get some, you get a debrief from, from the rebel team in the morning on what you might see, because sometimes there are, you know, rain slides, you know, it's been raining and there's mudslides or things that are closed off to adjust to. But you're out there kind of coming up with your plan for the day as a team and you spend 10 hours um, finding those little dots on maps and driving yourself to there that location (laughs) each each day the um, each day the framework of the game would change and this is again the rebel team is so amazing at curating a epic experience. Not only are you out in wild spaces, beautiful locations, unique locations, right? Uh, The team also finds uh, challenging, beautiful and um, unusual uh, checkpoints to to navigate through so that you can see some really interesting landscape through through the journey. Um, So the course itself is fascinating but then they change up how the game is played that day. So it might be that you have a segment where you are kind of just choosing whatever checkpoint you want. It might be that you have to go in a specific order. They also throw in uh, something called an enduro, which strikes fear in the heart of every rebel, um, <laughs> which, is, which is a, a, a section that, that relies on a road book for navigation. Um, and sometimes you have to a do that. A road book? Yes, a road book. So I do not
2: know this term. This term, yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, a road book is a, a set of waypoints and directions that essentially get for you from one place to the next. It's kind of like your old MapQuest style where it would give you those those turn-by-turn turn directions, except you don't get all yeah. the turns. Um, you get some other data points, right? You, you get a, here's what you might see when you're at this location. Uh, so it gives you your distance between waypoints. And um, sometimes you have to do those, do those distances on a specific time. So down to the second, you need to be right at that that cow grate fence right that's that's your point you better get there on that second wow Um, what a
2: trip I'm just like blown away by this and good on you and your sister for doing it together like sister relationships can be challenging and it sounds like you guys are particularly lucky and good on y'all that is just so and so how many teams are you are all doing with you
0: breaking up again there but I think we got it how many teams are yes. out there
2: sorry yeah, about um, that
1: yeah so we had this year there were 55 teams I believe so it's again it's all women um so driver navigator vehicle that's what comprises the team so there were about 55 teams this year and again they're bro- broken into the the two classes so the I think the um crossover class had about eight teams and then the remainder were
0: in the four by four class wow uh, is there a reason so few are in the crossover um crossover uh, category that's,
1: that's a good question it's a good question i think mostly it's that the k the, ca- the ca- capacity of the vehicles right so there's a far more off-road vehicle like four by four vehicles than there are crossover vehicles okay um that actually you know I don't know that I'm not enough of an automotive junkie to know that yeah but that's true but I would say perhaps if you're a person that likes off-roading you likely have a transfer case mm-hmm. um, however one of the beautiful approaches that Emily Miller has brought to this competition is that you can do this in with the vehicle in your driveway and so wow. there's yeah so there's two kind of separate courses one that's for the all-wheel drives and one that's for the four by fours and so, um, yeah, I'm more crossovers let's let's get them out there,
0: yeah, like just growing everything, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's I feel like that stats almost like any other kind of more male dominated sports where that's what you would see is like there's forty some in the men and then eight in the women, like right. a girl that I work with she is an ultra runner, and she was talking about some like one of the big races for the utmb which is like a professional ultra trails running um association and that there was just a astronomical like low amount of women for this race and so much more men and how much that affects things of uh, like pay um or you know mm-hmm. the purses the prize purses and whatnot which is a whole nother like episode we dive into and stuff but so it's cool. At least it's still all women, but it's like, yeah, how do we get 50 on this side and 50 on that side? You know, like mm-hmm. that's, a yeah. that would be amazing yeah. to just see it grow. And did you say in 2016 was when you started following it or was that the first rally at all? Both. So it oh, was okay. the
1: first rally and I just had my eye on it since then.
0: Cool. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, I feel like Personally, I put a lot of pressure on myself when I find something like that, that I want to do, whether it's like, there's a lot of courses I've wanted to take for furthering my education, whether, whether that was like my avalanche education or for my personal training certifications and stuff like that. And, um, finances are always what, what halts those, but I would put so much pressure into it. Like when I found out about something, if I couldn't do it right then and there and sign up then I felt like it would never happen. And as I am now, like, getting into my, well, I guess in my mid-30s, and I'm starting to see some things happen that I wanted to happen in my early 20s. I'm like, okay, like, yeah, you just can't rush everything. Like, things are going to happen when they should happen. And that's a very hard thing to remember and hold on to when you're into these moments of, like, I really want to do this and to think that, Maybe it will, won't happen till eight years down the road um, is, like I said, just a hard concept to hold on to in the moment. So the fact that you had been following this for almost eight years or so, seven or eight years, and, and here you finally did it is just speaks volumes to the fact that, you know, don't forget about the things that you want to do just because you can't do it right at that moment. Yeah. Like it can still happen. You just have to have some patience. And if you really want it, then then you'll make it happen eventually.
1: Yeah, and and the the desire will resurface, right? I think I think that's also part of it is recognizing that when you're called to do something like this, then it'll it'll keep calling. Uh, Yeah, and I do I do think, you know, there's something there is something about uh, getting yourself in a space that that's also where you want to be, right? Because I had to do some work around the financial aspect because I would never think to spend that kind of money on myself on my own personal growth and my own personal experience. I would 100% do something like that for my kids, but to do it for yeah. myself, I had I had some work to do on for my own experience to say what do I you know what do I value? What it, what experiences matter to me? How do I want to be in this world, right? So as much as I wanted to do this thing, I don't think I was ready for for that choice. In 2016, right? I think I'm, I, I know I'm a different person than, than I was then. And so 100%, it was a different experience because uh, because of the changes that I, I made personally. And I'm just really still in uh, transformation, uh, letting, letting the work of this epic experience continue within me. I, I don't yet know how it has changed who I am. And at first I wanted to know what that was going to be right away. It was a question I would ask rebels yeah. really often, like, how did this thing change you? And uh, well, Hey, that's none of my business. <laughs> <But> B, <laughs> like, I, uh, Who's to say it's a one and done kind of thing, right? right. Oh, it's, no. It, it is a doorway into a new self, mm-hmm. not a moment on the, you know it's not a checkpoint right it's a yeah. it's a path <laughs> it's a yeah.
0: term. well i feel like um a lot of any kind of you know like yoga retreat or something like that you know people expect to come back completely changed like like just right away you know not like there is the small changes happen within you and then you see them slowly progressively happen throughout your just day to day life you're just like nope i'm totally different now old me is gone here's the new me I've- I've bloomed I'm flying away now into my new world um it's like yeah these things will remain with you and slowly like surface and 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 really change at least you know and I think that's a better way to do it where it actually is real change within you you can easily like have walked out of the rebel rally saying this is who I am now and like squished your old self or something but it's just like uh Just because I'm in personal training, I feel like this is an easy analogy, like a a fad diet. You're just like, I'm going to cut everything. No sugar, no this, no that do it for a month but it's like that doesn't that doesn't hold that's not sustainable so the same thing with these just like personal changes and growth it's like it's it's slow and it can be painful
1: Mm, yes yeah And, and that's a really great point even in the course of so one of the interesting things about doing something so intensely for so many days you get reps uh and in a like totally different way than you normally do. Right. So it's this really compressed experience. So, you know, there's this, a feeling that day three kind of just hits you like a wall. And usually that's when some conflict happens or some personal stuff kind of shows up. So um, everyone experiences their day three in a different time. Um, But there Mm -hmm. is something to be said for just working at it. Right. And saying like, this is uncomfortable this is new. This is hard. I I am not who I thought I was going to be in this moment. I thought I would be maybe a little more fun. (laughs) I thought maybe I would be, you know, just embracing the adventure of it all. And I was dismissive of the work that it was and how taxing that was on my body. And so, you know, all all of that kind of goes into the strategies around playing too, right? Is because you, you, the emotional side of the experience is significant.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And so when you're out there and you're, you're driving for like 10 hours um, one kind of just uh, you said you're in beautiful destinations and stuff. And so like, as the navigator, this is really just a side, silly question. Like did that mean you got to take pictures at all? Or (laughs) did your eyes have to be on the map at all times? Did you get some like cool shots?
1: (laughs) Oh, that's, that's, we, uh, we pondered, we noodled on that idea. Were we going to have time to take pictures? Were we going to have the bandwidth, the mental bandwidth? Okay. Then yeah. what are the tools that we do use that for? Cause we don't have our phones, right? Cause um, that's your yeah. quick and ac- your quick access to a camera. Mm-hmm. And Both of us were really cognizant of the the, just the the load, the workload of Mm -hmm. every day and not knowing what we were getting into. We made the decision to put a GoPro inside the the cabin facing us and then one facing out so that you could kind of see from the vehicle's view um, and then kind of let it go because we just couldn't figure out how we would take that on. Um, the, the rebel team does have, uh, photographers out there taking pictures of the teams throughout. Um, so we did get a few snapshots in there of us, uh, you know, finding checkpoints or driving, driving through, um, uh, wild destinations, but ultimately something about taking the photo actually takes you out of the moment. Absolutely. um, For sure. For sure.
0: I have a internal battle with that. Um, always have just I've always had cameras of some sort, whether it's phone or um, digital cameras or whatnot. Back in the day, where I I loved to document everything, but there's certain times and in, in places and moments where you're just like I I need to be here and be present, and I I want to watch the sun setting with my eyes and the complete view I have rather than through this tiny screen. And like, what am I doing? I can't. I can rewatch this, but I can't rewatch it like personally right now. Like, um, so I totally understand I'm I'm in this funny place now of trying to get back into getting more camera or pictures and and videos and stuff, but yeah, navigating like what points in life, you know, I should be doing that or should be completely present. is, is interesting this day and age, but that brings me to another question of, um, so if you didn't have much time to like snap a quick picture, then when do you have time to pee? Oh
1: that's <laughs> such an act, it's such a good question. You yeah, remembering to eat to take care of your body is really challenging. Um, so uh, <clears throat> you also need to be hydrating because you're out in the desert. So yeah. you you actually do need to be peeing a lot. If you haven't peed in the last 20 minutes, you're not drinking enough water. Right? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> so what that means is there's a lot of just like pull over. Open the door. Let's go. Um, So um, one of the one of the fun challenges I added to on for this experience for myself was um, that I wore as many women owned brands as I could uh, on this. Yes. On this adventure. So that meant about 95 percent of my my outfits, my wardrobe, my gear closet were were women-owned companies, and I had the benefit of bringing three separate pairs of pants uh, that all opened at the middle so that you could um, open them and squat and pee really quickly without fully having to pull down your pants.
0: So, Love that. Yes,
1: so the three, the three companies are, uh, she fly. So they have a nice hiking pant that has a zipper through the middle. Then there's uh, another company zippers. They have, I wore their shorts. So they were kind of biker shorts that also have a, a full zipper through the middle. And the final one is chick fly. And they make more of a yoga style pant and it has kind of uh, flaps. Oh, uh, Two separate flaps that you can kind of pull pull aside to jump out. And
2: Brilliant!
1: Yes, yes, love and, it. Uh, it was so great to have those um, because it meant a much quicker experience, like jumping out. Um, a lot of the re- rebels will use uh, urinary devices. My sister did use a couple kind of sheepy type things, um, and that worked really well for her as well. But yes hundred percent where do you find time you
0: you make the time yeah capitalize on it I mean I do that on road trips I'm like I pull over and just open the door because often I try like really hard to hold it as long as I can and then I'm like oh my god I haven't seen a sign in a while I don't know if I can make it <laughs> I yes. just have to do that but I have seen some of these brands well really only she fly um out of the three that you mentioned is what I had been familiar with and seen on the interwebs. Um, and I've definitely been curious of them. And I just thought about this the other day though. I saw I think I follow them on TikTok. I've heard their TikTok's really, really great. <laughs> so I've been trying to follow brands like that um for my 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 paying job um to get some ideas. And I was all of a sudden I'm like, wait, so does that mean like you you just go commando in those? Like you can't really or it's personal it's personal choice, right? Um I
1: prefer I prefer to have underwear. Yeah, um, and I just prefer to have ones that are flexible enough that you could pull to the side.
0: Ah, got it. That's the trick. And for me,
1: yeah, for me, you know, just you're in it all day long, and then you're wearing the same pairs of pants for seven days, eight days. Mm -hmm. So, um, trying to just draw out the longevity of its freshness. Yep, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't think about the kind of like well, just not having experience with them and really knowing how, um, what the range of the zipper was or anything Mm -hmm. and what, how it would be possible to yeah wear anything under. And with your experience, you know, a lot of, that's a unique experience of wearing the same pants like over and over for for a lot of times, maybe it's a, someone's going out for a day hike or something, Mm -hmm. but then that's Allows you to if you were to go to a bat on a backpacking trip, like here's your one pair of pants, and yeah, you're just you know, using yeah, some underwear or whatnot, and you right. can still just. It's also like a little more sense of privacy. You ain't gotta, you know, definitely. fall over with your bum, <coughs> bum in the snow. I mean, I gotta <laughs> do that all that expose my butt to the cold air and snow. I'm like, <laughs> okay, so this isn't that cool, but <laughs> definitely, that's amazing. So where what um what kind of motivated you and made you decide that you're going to go like take this extra challenge on of wearing only women's brands and kind of test them test them out were you just testing for your own personal experience with these clothes or like yeah what what sprung that
1: so that so what sprung that was the outspring. <laughs> Thank you. Didn't even try. Did not I know. try. I, Love I it. saw how effortless that was. It was beautiful. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll back up just a little bit and say that. Uh, so, like I said, I purchased a vehicle from uh, someone who teaches how to off-road and he said, Hey, there's this event that's happening. Uh, I think you'd really enjoy it. I, and it was Overland Expo in Arizona. So it was two weeks from the time that that I purchased the vehicle. So we jumped in, decided to go, drove down there. And that's that's where I had this kind of initial experience of, hey, um, there are not a lot of women-owned companies here at this event. I'm curious, where are the ladies and what are they doing differently? Word. Um, and, Right. And so I, I just went through the whole venue asking that question. And towards the end, uh, I came away with maybe six to eight women owned brands and maybe another dozen or so wife, husband, teams, And I just thought this cannot be this, this cannot be so. And That is where I got the inspiration to build the Outspring um, and really find a way to collect all of this this work that's happening uh, for making the outdoors better for women, making it more accessible, more comfortable. And so that was kind of that initial um, moment. And then throughout my time of training, I was also building building the business, um, building the technical sides of it. And so I've just been in collection of what are women, where are the ladies at and how are they doing it differently? And so currently there's about 135 brands on the platform. And so I was really looking through them to, uh, to have the gear that I would need to do this, uh, adventure. And that is really the point is to say, Hey, you can find solutions that are, for you as, as a person, you know, right. As a woman, as a person who has a different body type, um, than what's been represented thus far. And so, so it was a, a, um, an experiment, right? How, how much can I outfit myself? What are those, uh, whether it's apparel or gear items and how do they stand up over seven, eight days? Right. And yeah, to the real test, Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's what's in what inspired that that decision. In addition, um, one of the ethos for or once one of the principles for the outspring is to just pay women, right? Just mm-hmm. pay them for the work that they're doing. So throughout the building process, whether it's um finding a female designer or developer or a font designer throughout I'm looking to to support women in this process and so that that includes um all of these all of these other aspects as well
0: that's just an awesome awesome story and I mean there's no better way with whether you're a woman or woman identifying person or anything i mean you don't really know how any gear is going to work or fit you until you try it because i mean even like men yeah they all have different body shapes uh women just there's more varieties of it and i think different needs um but that's what gets frustrating in finding gear is like is it really going to be functional and i mean you're spending your time and money on products and and whatnot and so many times for some of this women's gear who is. Uh, that's maybe not made by women specifically is that it's a failed effort for some, like to us, which can be a simple reason (laughs) of like, Well, it's not just a dumbed down version or from the outdoor industry. The common phrase is um, shrink it and pink it. So you're taking a a men's bike or snowboard or whatever, making it a little bit smaller and uh, throwing some pink and purple graphics on it and making it softer. And then it's good to go. And it's just like, yeah, no, like not every woman is, you know, five, five and 120 pounds or whatever. So it doesn't (laughs) work. And same with clothing, like apparel or clothing. A lot of these apparel companies in the outdoor industry to make a women's version, they're just like, oh, yeah, we'll just make it a little bit smaller um, here, like a little maybe a little bigger in the hips, like whatever differences. But it's like, yeah, these functionalities still don't don't work for me. I mean, maybe women more often have smaller hands, but I don't think any woman's hands are um, so small that they can only fit like the top quarter of their fingers in their pockets so who decided pockets (laughs) were that big I don't know but uh that's just amazing to take on for yourself and to test all these things out and then to be able to be a voice for these brands too by bringing them onto something like the the outspring um and before the rally when did you have plans to launch the outspring what was your idea on it before that started
1: Uh, Well, let's see. I I launched the first prototype, or I made the first prototype public in March of 2022, and as I saw, I could finally, I finally landed on what the technical sides of it would be, um, and started to formulate this idea around gathering, testing out the gear. Uh, It started to just be obvious that, that the Outspring should sponsor our team on the rebel. So um, we, you know, the outspring is branded throughout our vehicle and throughout our uh, work there. So that was a real nice alignment. Um, And it just felt like this is a big moment. It's a big moment for me personally, and it feels like the right fit because not only was my rebel experience uh, just to decide to to compete was the origin of this business. Uh, it it seems it seemed appropriate to have those official start times be to coincide. Uh, and what was fascinating about that is um, I am offline right for that whole time. And so, what does it mean to launch a business when you're offline? Yeah. And so it was bringing in somebody to, to run the social media aspect of it. And I found someone pretty quickly before the event, right. Cause that, that also emerged as it got closer. I was like, you know, what, I really need to do this, um, this aspect that I hadn't hadn't settled on right so I'm like okay well I guess I need to find a social media person okay here they are two weeks before three weeks before the event and so she really handled the entire storytelling without me I gave her some frameworks I gave her some you know like assets or stories but not a lot of the Outspring voice is out there right there's the web page and that was about it so she really handled that launch really well alongside um just telling the story of our team um so yeah i'm out in the desert while people are finding out about this work that i'm doing so that was also a fascinating piece to kind of return home to and say okay this is happening right yeah here's here's the next the next chapter on this adventure
0: so when did it uh, did it officially launch like the first day of the rally or was it like mid rally or Yeah. So again,
1: it's like 5,000 days that it seems like you're
0: out there. Yeah, totally.
1: (laughs) Because there's two days of tech inspection and then the practice day and then seven days of scored competition and then a final day of celebration. So end to end, that's like 10 days, right? Yeah. Uh, Wait, 11 days. Um, And so my birthday was the, um, the practice day. So that's why we picked that day to launch. Uh, so I was technically online, but I was quite busy. Um, yeah. So all, all of that alignment just seemed right. That's right amazing. Here. It's kind of like
0: celebration. And yeah, then after the 11th day or whatnot, it's like, oh, you're coming to your like belate, home to your belated surprise party. <laughs> Here's all <laughs> these people that now know about you and follow you and support this brand new endeavor in a brand new year of life for you.
1: Yes, that's yes. amazing.
0: And so with the outspring now like the, with the after finishing the rally and yeah, realizing like there's some you know personal growth you've experienced from it that you're still experiencing and experiencing with your your business, what are your like where what's next for the outspring where where is the outspring standing right now today?
1: Yes. so um, as I said, there's about 135 brands. Uh, on the the platform. And we're continuing to add more. Uh, I think I have a queue of about 300 that I need to add in. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So the, my intention though, with the process of adding uh, brands is to be thoughtful around curation because uh, it's nice to have a list, but it's even better to have something searchable and something Mm -hmm. that gives you some contextual understanding Uh, So there's been a fair amount of um, uh, criteria that we're assessing each brand on. So thinking about, okay, what does it mean to be women-owned? What does it mean to um, have women-forward solutions? Uh, And one of the other threads that's been super exciting is to see how many women in the process of building their businesses are thinking about um, impact on people and planet. And that's, mm-hmm. that is also a root of their, their work is to say, not only do we want to provide products and, and services and experiences for this demographic, but we also want to be mindful about the people that we, that we interact with, that we affect in, in this process. So we do some articulation around their impact on the planet and people in their communities as well. So that means there's some thought that goes to adding a brand onto the platform.
0: Which is um, uh, like, great. I mean, I, I don't think it should be any willy nilly, like, Hey, you're women owned or make a, like whatever, like you're in, I think any, any brand needs to kind of be looked at like that. And I also think that it would provide some accountability for that. You know, if somebody was really wanting to be a part of this larger, um, larger thing and be a part of the outspring and maybe that was some critical feedback for them like Look, we're really looking for people who align with our ethos and it could be an eye-opening thing for that brand to like oh yeah well we can do this a little bit better and we're gonna try because we want to be a part of the bigger movement and if that's what we need to do to do it then then that could get them started in that
1: right and some of some of the underlying reasoning for that is to recognize that there's a lot of the market that wants that information mm-hmm. right that that the transparency yeah. around production and manufacturing is is becoming a a key decision point for for mm-hmm. consumers so i think that's another aspect that that i i'm looking to articulate right and there's there's some certification programs out there and eventually we'll probably align with one that that is is the right fit in terms of looking at that identity factor mm-hmm. and then also looking at the impact factors i don't intend to kind of regenerate those things it is largely about saying this is the this is the the attitude the approach the perspective that we have in this business and as the outspring word giving it to you in a way that is functionally supportive, right? I need shoes today, right? I'm searching. What does that mean? Because uh, the algorithms that we're up against as small business owners are significant. And so mm-hmm. this is a way to kind of um, offer another another search and discovery, like another discovery mechanism.
0: Right. Um, yeah. I do have a quick question with, so 300 brands like in the queue on top of the yes. 135 and they these brands are including they're not just apparel or um or like gear it, it's including like services and and whatnot, right? Correct. Yeah yes. and so- these are not all uh limited to like outdoor or health and wellness brands are is that like most of them or is there any kind of category? I guess that you would uh, say that the Outspring, it like mainly focuses on. So I'll, I'll make a little correction
1: there. So okay. there are, there are platforms that talk about specifically women owned as a broad across all industries. Mm-hmm. So, um, wild rise, uh, initiative through with women led Wednesday is one of those. Mm-hmm. There's, there's another organization called we are women owned. They tend to kind of be that broader, that broader, um, products uh orientation some services uh the outspring is specifically outdoors okay so so we're we're pretty we're pretty focused on that right now it is about enabling resources for you to get outside what is different is that it's not limited to products uh, and the services are our, our component as well but experiences and stories are also really critical in the in the yes. broader market right being able yes. to have access to experiences that are geared towards a, a woman's experience right or mm-hmm. lived experience right so retreats communities events that are happening any any number of of um those kinds of things and then also storytelling right so you want to you want to see it. You want to hear it. You want to experience it in order to to see what's possible. So blogs, books, um, film, any of the other aspects uh, for our stories are also included. So it is looking across a broader the broader outdoor industry with that specific lens of of um, women forward uh, businesses.
0: Awesome. Okay. Very cool. Um, With the experiences and events and whatnot, retreats and all that, is that something on your mind, obviously, of being able to bring women together in that way that enables them to experience the outdoors and share their stories? So do you want to talk a little bit about what the, uh, just a little intro, I guess, into what the OutSpring has planned for the next year or where you're going?
1: Yes. So, um, I, my experience prior to the rebel is in large event production. So when I had that moment of this cannot be, where are the ladies at and how can I bring them together? Um, it was envisioning an in-person, a large, large in-person event that brings together all of these, um, these women um, and the work that they're doing. So we're targeting an event in 2023 in the fall and really looking to have a hundred brands there and several hundred women attending and um, information of what exactly that looks like and where exactly it will be. Um, But I'm very clear about making it happen and uh, taking an experimental and just kind of iterative approach in the process. Um, I've been just putting that out there into the world to find a venue to find uh collaborators to find um the right fit in terms of a a location in a community to land the home for this um and i and i do believe that magic happens when women gather and it is even extra special when it's outside
0: absolutely yes i couldn't agree more i feel like um for those of you who haven't been to the website yet should definitely check it out, theoutspring.com. And I feel like this event is just like the website in real life, like in all of these things, like here's the, here's the brands, the, the equipment, the gear, the clothing, and the experiences and the storytelling. It's all going to be just in person and able to be experienced by so many. Um, and, I'm really excited to be able to continue to talk to you about this as it's evolving and just setting those intentions also for you out there to find that, that place where it can all happen. I've been a part of women's organizations and retreats and, and different things. And that's why I can 100% agree that special things just happen uh, Mm -hmm. when, when you're together and outdoors and we have this view. I don't know where exactly (sighs) I'm from but this putting like women against each other mentality um and so I feel like a lot of women are worried about being in groups of women you hear a lot of women say Mm -hmm. that like oh I'm a guy's girl you know I have mostly guy friends I just get along better with them and whatnot and because so many women have this competitive nature about them. So, yeah, in a group of women you don't know and you're all trying to like be the best, then it's, yeah, you don't get along as easily. But when you're with a group of guys and you're like, oh, I'm not competing against the guys, then it can be a little easier to have the fun. But to just mm-hmm. get rid of that notion that we why do we need to be competing if we're comfortable being out with our guy friends, not competing against them, then why can't we be out with our girlfriends, not competing against them? Um, Mm -hmm. and so I think just introducing the idea to women that we can all hang out and it's not going to be a catfight is still such an idea for people that they don't get the outdoor industry specifically is there's so many more events and things happening, uh, clinics and like mountain bike rides or ski days, or so many different groups out there that do these things. So the idea is, is getting out there, but I think having an event to this caliber that then those women can go out and sort it into their communities that aren't exactly like, take it to your mm-hmm. office. You know, th- someone's going to be doing this on a weekend. And if you're a manager, CEO, anybody, just a employee, like bring that sense of community to your office. Like we're not just fighting against each other all the time. Um, and so I'm just all for bringing every part of these women
2: together. Yeah. yeah in and all definitely. aspects of life. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, and uh, so I'm of the opinion that it's the patriarchy that wants us to be in competition yes. with thousand each other, percent. right? That's, thousand I'm, percent. I'm of that perspective. Um, and so what does it mean that, and again, this is where the ladies at, how are they doing it differently, right? If you, take, if you can take folks out of their oppressive system, like what, what sort of thriving happens um, and what sort of new um, ways of being do you generate together? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what I love about the outside is that you're you're crafting rules in your backpacking group. You're you're coming up with those community agreements in that moment, and they're kind of separate from from the larger systems at play. And so much of what I mm-hmm. aim to gen like aim to offer is a place that says this is what community can look like this is what collaboration can look like mm-hmm. this is what amplifying and elevating each other feels like and how we do that in the midst of our own growth and our own challenges and we all have something to to offer to each other. And we're all valuable in that that sense, right? Mm-hmm. So really just modeling that as a foundational place for us in our gathering. So I'm super excited about making it happen. it's one of those things, right? Where life is busy, there's a lot going on, those four children are still growing and doing their things. Mm-hmm. And I asked myself, wait, what, why, why am I taking this thing on that is actually, it's quite ambitious to pull mm-hmm. off a first event within a year. And I just, you know, when that wakes me up at three in the morning, I'm clear that this is the work for me to do right now. I love that that too.
0: That's beautiful.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And so I'm inviting all of the places, all of the people, all of the energy that wants to build that with me. And so I'm super excited to continue to be in this place of telling the story um, with you and just the folks that are listening and to say hey what is it that you want how is it that you want to be and
0: how can Mm -hmm. we do that together that's amazing and that is such a like a good place to you know kind of wrap it all into one for for the day with such a great introduction to you the rally where the outspring is right now and where it wants to go and what I love about podcasting it was one of those things that yeah I wanted to do for years and years and years and finally like just took the plunge to do it um and the whole my point for it all has always been storytelling getting stories out there and letting people know that like look whatever it is like you can do it I mean you you had no experience you went out and you did it your sister had no experience you went out and did it you had no experience in this business that you took on or putting together in a, well, if you have event experience, but uh, you know, to a different aspect and you're just going for it. And, and that's just amazing. And I just, that's, I want people, especially women to know, like, you just have to go for it um, and and magical things will happen yes. <laughs> when you go for it. And when we come together to support each other in that, whether that's um, just sharing each other's experience or being out there right by their side So one thing that we'll be doing is along this journey of you planning this event is catching up and I tell you these episodes get hard to do because I want to talk to everyone for hours and hours (laughs) and again like that's the joy like we get to it's just going to be a little broken up like we'll get back and we're going to dive deeper we're going to talk more about the event and stay up to it up to date with it and what's happening. And along that way, you know, just more of your own journey, I think will come out as well too. And just being able to relate to, to people, people realize like, Hey, I'm a mom. I'm in my forties. Like, yeah, I can still do something brand fucking new and uh, and it can be successful. So yeah. Like, thank you so yeah. much for, for joining us today. But before we completely sign off um, just tell people where they can find you, how they can contact you and we'll be sure to link all that in our show notes and on our social media too. Um, and, and yeah.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for those kind words. Also, I really just appreciate it. Again, you get working on something that can feel a little isolating. So just reflecting back that is very appreciated. Um, so I'm Tammy Jill Benson and I run the Outspring. You can find the Outspring, um, online at theoutspring.com. Uh, that's also our social channel on Instagram. And um, I would like to invite your audience to uh, participate in the building in the sense that we have a user survey going on right now to find out what folks need. What are the what are the critical components that that are missing for you in that experience so we do have a survey that has a raffle uh coming up some excellent women-owned brands that are are represented in the raffle as well so that'll be uh we'll send out that link as well um and so i hope to continue the conversation with um folks that are interested in getting outside with us
0: that is amazing that's lovely like i said you can find all that in the show notes and just keep your eyes peeled like take that survey uh and get in the raffle i mean if anything like that's a great reason to take the survey (laughs) why not um and then just stay tuned again as we keep updating with tammy joe once in a while here um on the outspring and the event itself and with amber do you have anything before we sign off that you want to want to say ask or anything at all yes
2: um uh as a mother of four I am amazed by all that you have done and accomplished and you are very inspiring and thank you so much for sharing your stories it was a pleasure meeting you
0: thank you it's this has been wonderful I really appreciate it beautiful all right well with that, we are wrapped up for the this time, this episode, and we will talk to you all again very soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode and would do us a huge favor since we don't have any sponsors or anything like that and would rate and review us on whatever platform it is you use, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, uh, whatever it is. And if you're listening and downloading just through the website, tearingituppodcast.com, leave comments. Um, We'll definitely engage back with you. And on social media right now, we're just on Instagram, podcast is the handle. Like the posts, share the posts, comment on the posts, whatever it is you got. um, Show us your love so we just stay relevant and show up in the rankings at all. So again, rate and review please. And we'll see you next time. Thanks.